Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. We have another great program profile today. But first, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you smash the subscribe button and hit the like button down below. We're trying to grow our coaching community here on the Armchair Coaching Podcast. Um, and you can listen to us in audio form on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, all those different podcast platforms. So today, grab your cowbell. We're going sailing with the pirate, and we're going to talk. Talk a little about air raid football. Sorry, I had to do that. All right. Uh, like, like I mentioned to the guys right before the podcast, if I am ever a head coach or an offensive coordinator and we're running the air raid, I'm making them play that every time we score a touchdown. All right, so we are going to be talking Mississippi State football, and I figured we would strike the iron while it's hot. So, coaches, uh, Coach Banstra, could you introduce yourself tonight, please? Uh, my name is Coach ba Nick Banstra. I am the uh, wide receivers coach and special teams coordinator at Fairborn High School, uh, just outside Dayton in Fairborn, Ohio. Um, I run a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find me at Coach Banstra or Nicholas Banstra on YouTube. I got, I think last I checked, there were 250 videos. Um, you can kind of find my content either through that or go following me on Twitter at Coach Banstra or uh, find my uh, Facebook group for Coach Banstra Always Learning. Um, I'm all, me and my buddy are also working on uh, starting a Wing T podcast, hopefully to have out in the next month or so. Um, and I, I appreciate Coach for having me on again. Um, you can also find a lot of the links to Coach's show that I'm on on that uh, Google Doc that I have on my Twitter page. Awesome, Coach. And Coach Steve. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Um, I'm Coach Steve. I'm the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Addison Trail High School. It's a western suburb of Chicago. Um, I have my own podcast and YouTube. I changed the YouTube name to The Sidelines with Coach Steve. The podcast is The Sideline Podcast with Coach Steve. Um, trying to catch up to these two guys and all their content, working hard. Um, but talk to some great coaches they've been on. And so go check that out, too, while you check out all their stuff. And uh, glad to be back on, and I couldn't miss talking about Mississippi State and the Pirate. Of course, our uh, resident spread coach, right? You can't can't miss uh, the Pirate, Coach Leach. Now it's weird because Coach Leach uh, somehow makes it into pretty much every podcast that we do together. Even when we're talking Navy or Army, it's always Coach Leach. Somehow, I'm assuming he's probably as a group probably our favorite coach as a collective group and BYU except, is our favorite team BYU, yeah we do talk BYU a lot we oddly enough um so while we're at it coach Steve since you're the air raid guy what are your thoughts on coach Leach he's got to be one of the best press conferences interviewers I've ever seen he is a I think he's a genius I think he's an underlying genius and there's so much going on in his brain. Um, but from a football perspective, um, he cares about education and that's why he's gone to like Texas tech and Washington state, because he'll talk to them and say, do you care about education? Um, he's a program builder. Uh, you know, he turned around Texas tech. I'm sure we'll get to that. And he turned around Washington state. Um, and then now he's going to try to do the same with Mississippi state. Uh, he was offensive coordinator at Kentucky for, you know, all those years ago and made sure that program around without mummy. Um, I think he, uh, his story is very interesting where he didn't play college football and all that. He wanted to be a lawyer and all of a sudden he turned football coach. He's very tough. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy you'd want to have a beer with. I think you'd want to sit down and I don't even know if you'd finish the beer before he'd be done talking about something. Um, and people told me when they talked to him, it's not about football. It's about anything. He'll talk to you about absolutely anything in the world besides football. Um, he seems like a great guy, a great coach. Um, he keeps his staff pretty well, so I think people like him. So he's a program builder. Um, I think Mississippi State's going to be just fine. I'm sure we'll get to that soon. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't. And his press conferences, I have to stop what I'm doing just to watch him. You can't miss him, especially this last one with the with the phone. I never see him with a smartphone. That was very interesting. 
Hey, you know, they always say that the smartest people are always a little off, a little weird. And Coach Leach, in, in a nice way, is definitely a little weird. Mm-hmm. So that's kudos to him, which means he probably is pretty darn smart. So, uh, Coach Banstra, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I love Coach Leach. Coach Leach is fantastic. I mean, yes, I mean, I think that everybody's go-to is um, the fact that he is probably – one of the best press conferences in the country, if not the best. I mean, kind of depends on what you're looking for. But, I mean, again, he's also – I mean, what a lot of people forget is he he is a certified lawyer. I mean, like, the man is highly educated. Like, that's not – that's not a question. That's – his IQ is extremely high. He is very educated, uh, very smart. Um, you also have to kind of admire how he uh, kind of went up at the ranks. I mean, started at small little – school in Iowa and just kind of moved up, came to OC at Kentucky, went to Oklahoma, Texas Tech, took a little time off, Washington State, now Mississippi State. So um, he's fantastic. I think he's smart, um, and I think he does a lot of good things, and I think he's had a good start at uh, Mississippi State overall. Yeah, so I did bring up his on my phone just now. I brought up his coaching record. Uh, from 2000 to 2009, while he was at Texas Tech, the least amount of wins that he had while he was there was seven in his first two years. Every year after that, nine wins, eight wins, eight, nine, eight, nine, eleven in 2008, and then eight again in 2009. When he was at Texas Tech, they were winning, uh, and now that and ever since he's been gone, they've struggled to reach six wins a year. And they haven't very, looked very good. So obviously he was a factor there. And then Washington State, like Coach Leach, or Coach Steve said, uh, he's a program. He turns programs around. They were winning three games a year at Washington State. And he comes in. And it took a couple of years. To 2015, nine wins. 2016, eight wins. 2017, nine wins. 2018, they had 11 wins, and they were one win away. They just couldn't beat Washington to make it to the Pac-12 uh, championship game. Uh, and then his final season at Washington State was a little bit of a downer. It was a six and seven year. And I do have to mention they did lose to Air Force in their bowl game. Um, that's just a little jab to the other Air Force, the Air Raid guys out there. Um, and they are currently one and one at Mississippi State as of, uh, yeah, that game was pretty brutal to watch uh, as a coach. Um, they are currently one and one as of, as of this recording. And. They have beaten LSU, and they set a bunch of passing records when they beat LSU. And like uh, Banstra, you said it earlier when before the podcast, a lot of people were saying, oh, this was a big upset. I don't necessarily see it as an upset. Um, and you said that, too. It's A lot of people don't remember Mississippi State and Ole Miss. They, they have got some talent. They're, they're still SEC. And Mississippi State has rolled into LSU and beaten them before. So it's not unheard of. What's unheard of is how many points they scored and how many passing yards they put up. And then last week, after riding high versus LSU, they roll in at a home game versus Arkansas, who I'm not sure if the Arkansas episode's coming out before this one or not. We'll see. We were not very kind to Arkansas in our profile last week. Um we compared them to Vanderbilt as potentially being one of the worst teams in the SEC. And they held Mississippi State Air Raid to 14 points. It did, they didn't look very good. Um, so that's just a little bit of a background there. Um, now, the next question, I'm going to let Coach Banstra uh, lead into this one. What do you expect Coach Leach to bring from his time at Texas Tech and Washington State to Mississippi State? So what's he bringing from his past to his present? I mean, I think the main thing he knows is how well he obviously adapts his offense a little bit each – I mean, his 18th or 95th version of mesh. Um, But, I mean, I think the main thing you take away is how much better he gets at installing and teaching it from place to place. I mean, I mean, his offenses are always proficient and good. Um, but I think he gets better and better at how quickly he can stall it, how better he can recruit um, from place to place. Um, 
the other thing I think you kind of notice is he's learned out a, a lot of his offensive coaches have been with him pretty much through and through. He'll add a couple here or there that he loses, but he's gotten better and better at hiring defensive coaches over the time as well. And that's kind of noticeable. Um, like he had um, Grinch, who's now the DC at Oklahoma. I mean, he, he hired him at uh, Wash State. I, th- I think that's kind of the things he br- he brings with him. And I think that's kind of where he's evolved from those places and kind of made it better going into Mississippi State. So, Coach Steve, I mentioned the the win totals that he had while he was at Texas Tech and Washington State. Do you think that he can, with his air raid and with his culture that he brings to each school, do you think that Mississippi State could reach that eight, nine, potentially ten wins a year level? I think so because – you know, way back when people heard the air raid offense, they thought it was this complex thing. And I remember when he got to Washington State, there was a news crew and they talked to the players and that's what they said. They're like, oh my gosh, this air raid guy's coming. It's so complicated. And they pick, and it only takes three days to install it. And so people can say what they want, say it's not going to work. I think it is going to, I mean, we'll talk about the Arkansas in, in a little bit, but People, he's got. I think this is the best starting team he's ever had. Now it, they don't necessarily fit his system 100, percent but he he'll adapt the way he adapts. Um, but he's in SEC country now. You can't tell me that wide receivers out there in that area aren't going to be like, I want to go there because he can get us the ball so many different ways, rather than going to somewhere else that's going to run the ball a lot. You know, unfortunately, um, and. Uh, so, no, I, what I mean by that is, like, don't go to a place that's going to run the pro style. If you're a wide receiver, you're going to get the ball at least 10 to 15 times a game. You're going to go play for Mike Leach instead of going somewhere else. Um, and, and I thought of this. It could hurt Auburn recruiting. Like, if you're going to go to a place that's going to run the ball, these wide receivers, they may go to Mississippi State. And he's so personable that he can bring that to and recruit. And, uh, so I think he'll be just fine at building that up. He knows what he's doing. It is going to take time. Like people think he's going to win every game this year, and he's not. It's going to take a couple years. But I think it's going to be faster here than it was at Washington State. But, again, he does have a tougher schedule, so it's going to, you know, whatever. But I think he'll do it quicker mm-hmm. here. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting thing because we talked about this when we talked to Arkansas. When Arkansas – when uh, Coach Bielema left Arkansas – he had been there for a couple of years, and he was recruiting to play that uh, hard-nosed, big offensive lineman, I-formation type offense. And then Coach Morris comes in, and he's trying to run his up-tempo spread that he ran at Clemson and didn't have a lot of success at Arkansas. And we we said part of it we think was he was playing with with players that he did not recruit and did not necessarily fit that style of offense. Coach Leach – is playing with kids at the moment that he did not recruit. But at least the first game, it was pretty successful. Second game, not so much, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later. Um, Now, the past few coaches, uh, specifically Dan Mullen, they had a pretty good amount of success at Mississippi State, especially when Dan Mullen was there. especially that year they had Dak Prescott. You remember that year where it was Ole Miss and Mississippi State number one and two and middle of the season, and then they somehow dropped off. So on our uh, script for today, I did put down – I couldn't find, like, the different – the coaching records for each coach, but I did find their bowl games. Dan Mullen, while he was there from 2010 and 2016, he went to the Gator Bowl. Music City Bowl, Gator Bowl, Liberty Bowl, Orange Bowl, lost to Georgia Tech, by the way, the Belk Bowl, and the St. Petersburg Bowl. Uh, And then you had Joe Moorhead, who went to the Outback Bowl and the Music City Bowl. So they had four comparatively in the past for Mississippi, Mississippi State, that was unprecedented success, especially at the bowl game level. Because if you look at um, if you look at their stats, bowl record, they have 13 wins, 10 losses. So it's not like they've been to a million bowl games. They have zero national titles, and they have one conference title from 1941. So it's not like Mississippi State has been a powerhouse, right? So 
they had a little bit of success with Dan Mullen. Obviously, he left to go to Florida, and he seems at the moment to be having some success there, scoring a lot of points right now. So they've had success, especially with Dan Mullen, Dak Prescott, but they've never really seemed to reach and sustain elite levels at Mississippi State. Can Mike Leach help Mississippi State reach those elite levels, be competitive year in and year out with teams like Auburn, LSU, and Alabama? Do you guys think that's possible? I I mean, you hope so, but I mean, I don't – Here's two things. One, he never stays anywhere long. That's just like overly long. Now that's part of that's by choice. Part of that's by circumstance. Um, two, I don't. The SEC is just so weird. If your name is not Nick Saban at this point, and there, I, 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 I would hope so. I think he can because he shows he sustains it. But I don't know. Is he going? Is he going to be there more than five years? Like that's the question. Like, I mean, I, I read a long article um, about how and when he finally decided he wanted to jump to the SEC and how supposedly he just kind of regretted that he, he didn't really stay at Kentucky longer because he kind of feels like a job not finished. Like, had they stayed in there two or three years, that would have been – it would have turned out differently. Um I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I, I mean, I know all the air raid guys will say yes, um, but I don't know. Again, is he going to be there more than five years? I think he will because he spent 10 years at Texas Tech, and if it wasn't for that debacle at the end, he might have stayed there longer. Then he's at Washington State for eight years. And when he got hired at Washington State, his press conference, he said that that year or two he took off, people called him, but he's not going to – he said – and now times have changed, but he said he'll never take a job just to take a job. It has to fit his outlook of school, football, all this and that. Like, it has to be this ideal situation. And so maybe he'll go to Kentucky one day, but he doesn't seem like the type of person that's like, I'm going to leave. He wants to build it up. And who knows, he could still be at Texas Tech if it wasn't for that debacle. Who knows? Um, but I can't remember if he said those or if it was in his book. Someone told him that the moment you become a head coach, your clock starts ticking of when you're going to be let go or, or whatever's going to happen. And so when he left Texas Tech or got fired, he said, yeah, my clock was up. Um, Washington State was kind of his own accord. Um, he could still be there. Uh, but I think the type of coach he is, he's a program builder. He knows what to do. Now he has more resources than he ever had. Texas Tech is Texas Tech because of Mike Leach. They did not have the stadium they had. They didn't have, you know, recruiting. They, he built that up. Washington State, he built that up. They added on to it. You know, they brought this and this. Now he's at a place that's going to give him all the resources that he ever needs. So as long as he gets the recruits and, and everything, I think he will be competitive. And the SEC, I don't know if it'll be Alabama or Clemson, but um, anything like that. But I think he'll be competitive. Um, and I think he might adapt. You know, I don't think he ever will, but you never know. You know, at Texas Tech, at the end of those good years, they were running the ball more. Uh, I have to look at the stats. I think he had more rushing yards against Arkansas. I think that was the shocking part. Um, I'll have to look. But yeah, he'll, I think he'll be fine. So I have a couple hypothetical questions for you. Both of you guys, you can answer these. The first one, if he had never been fired at Texas Tech, and let's say hypothetically he was still there, do you think they would have won at least one Big 12 championship, and could they have had sustained success like 10-year wins or 10-win seasons each year? I think so. Um, I mean – the thing about Mike Leach, and, and we could go on and on, this might be a four-hour show, you never know. He never really recruits those big-time, big-time quarterbacks, and he talks about it all the time. I'd rather go get a kid that has the right mechanics. Yeah, this kid's a five-star, but if he doesn't have the right mechanics. And so he'd rather build up a kid, and I think that's why sometimes he might go a 9-1 season or an 8-1 season sometimes. Um, but, yeah, if he stayed at Texas Tech, I think it would have been built up. He, he would have won a Big 12 championship. There's – I, I – I mean, they were really close a couple times to get to that championship game. I mean, the only thing standing in their way was Oklahoma and Texas. Um, and I know you're a Texas fan, but Texas dropped down. Um, 
Oklahoma, you know, right now is kind of dropped down. But, I mean, it would have come down between Texas Tech and Oklahoma, I think, especially because A&M left to go to the ACC. I mean, I think so. But I'm the air raid guy, so I that's what I think. I mean, they, 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 I think he definitely would have won a Big 12 championship. I think there would have been fall-off just like the rest of those Texas teams because of the emergence of Ohio State's recruiting the state and the SEC's recruiting the state. Once the Big 12 broke up, that was kind of the – being the downfall. Like, A&M left, SEC got into the state and recruited well. Ohio State and Urban Meyer focused on Texas hard. They would pull a quarterback and usually like two or three skill kids out of that state every year. And they still do. Um, so, I mean, there, there would have been some fall off. Um, but, I mean, you'd also argue if he never left, Lincoln Riley's never had a football coach. So, Oklahoma's Bob Stoops – who's Bob Stoops' successor then at that point? Like, that's the thing. That's only, Lincoln Riley only became an OC because he got fired and Ruffin McNeil got promoted to head coach. Ruffin left for – East Carolina because they didn't hire him and took Lincoln with them. So, kind of, I mean, there's a domino right there. Yeah. The next hypothetical, the next what if, is more about the future. Let's say in the next few years, the Kentucky job opens up. Does he jump ship or does he stay? Because that's yeah. one. That's when he talks about Kentucky a lot. As if he, if 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 he wasn't already in the SEC, I would say probably there's a possibility, but I don't, I don't see him jumping ship to Kentucky. I mean, he he's gonna enjoy that boat life too much down by the ocean, kind of like Lane Kiffin has learned to do, and 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 he loves all these. I mean, I go back to that article. I mean, he. He like spend his off time just going around all these different like Civil War sites and like he loves all that historical stuff. So I don't, I don't foresee him leaving for that. I, I at this point I don't know if he, what he would leave for. I mean I know I, I brought that. What if if what if he leaves in five years? But what is he going to? I mean he's talked about SEC kind of being that place he wants to go. I mean especially with that initial Tennessee overture before their AD got fired. I mean, I just – I don't foresee him leaving Mississippi State for Kentucky. Had you say Washington State for Kentucky, I could have seen it. I agree. Um, and then I also think it depends on how close. Like, I feel like Texas Tech, he was fired. But, like, even though when he got fired, that program wasn't good. I mean, I guess it debacle. It was slowly starting to rot. But it was still a decent program. When he left Washington State, I know last year wasn't the best. But that's a good program now. Like, that's a place a coach wants to go. So if he feels like his job is pretty much done at Mississippi State, then maybe he goes there. But if it's in like two years where he does, maybe he doesn't feel like he's leaving it in a good place, I don't think he'd leave. I think he's that type of person. Like, I don't want to leave this bad. Like, I don't want to be the coach that shows up for a year or two and says, I leave. Um, but, yeah, if he was at Washington State, he would have gone. Uh, but since he's there at a good school, a big school, um, I don't think he would leave. Unless it's been like eight years down the road maybe, but I don't see in the next couple of years him going. On his own. I'm just trying to foresee here in the next few years what Mississippi State's going to look like when he starts getting those big-time receiver recruits and he actually can run an air raid system, run his system with the type of athletes that he's never had. Because Texas Tech, Washington State, while they were there, while he was there, they were having some success. But I'm, it wasn't with five-star receivers. Uh, the only time and, he got those five stars was Michael Crabtree and stuff, and they were 11 and 2. So when he gets them mm-hmm. and develops Graham Harrell after three years, I mean, they were pretty good. Yeah. And, so, and he'll probably, and I'm assuming the quarterback that's there, he's a grad transfer, so he won't be there next year, right? Except for the COVID thing. I don't know how, how all that's going No, working. but he'll, he'll have another grad transfer. That's been his MO the past couple of years. Yeah. He's losing these. Anonymous grad transfers that nobody's heard of and turns them into rock stars, i.e. Gardner Minshew, who couldn't start at his prior college, and turns him to be the wonder kid who's now the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Uh, so the next question, Mississippi State, under Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead, they were running what I would term as the power spread. It, it's definitely the 
Urban Meyer style spread offense, run the quarterback, big, tall, bulky quarterbacks that can handle getting hit like Dak Prescott. Uh, I can't remember the latest quarterback that Mississippi State had that was a big time runner. Uh, he was good though. He didn't make it to the league. Uh, so they were power spread. Do you guys think, and, and, and I will say, I think, except for a, a few seasons here and there, I thought they saw a pretty good amount of success with the power spread, especially under Dan Mullen. Will the Bulldogs see even more success in Coach Leach's air raid? And then the second part of that question, what would you consider success for Mississippi State? Coach Banstra, you can go first. I mean, I mean, that's I don't know enough about Mississippi State's history to answer really answer that second part. I mean, I mean, my guess is with hire Mike Leach, you want to be ten plus wins a year. That'd be my guess. Um, but historically, I don't think they've had that success. So, I mean, if you're talking nine, ten wins a year, that's success. If you if your goal is to beat Nick Saban, then that's a little different success. I mean, it, it, every school is a little different. Like, mama mater, their, their goal is a bowl game every year. So, I mean, everybody's a little different. I mean, that, that's Vanderbilt's goals to my, right now. So, I mean, obviously you keep raising the bar, but I think these first couple of years it's when probably eight, nine games, be bowl eligible, compete. Year three is probably when you start winning 10-plus games. And, and, I mean, at, by that point he's got all his recruits in. Um, what was the first part of the question again? Um, will they see more success in the air raid than they did under power spread? I mean, it depends on if he gets if he gets the recruits he wants, yeah, or he'll at least it'll at least be equal. I mean, but again, it, you gotta let it goes back to our um, God, what's his face that was at Arkansas? You need to give him more two years. I mean, yeah, he's got better talent here probably than he's ever started with. Than he did at Texas Tech, and well, by far more than Texas Tech, but more than he got at Washington State. Um, but if you give him time to recruit the Southeast, I mean, I think they could be very successful. I mean, hell, he threw for 600 yards in his first game as the head coach at uh, Mississippi State. So yeah. So just as a little background here, uh, I'll go back to 2012 and read off the win-loss record. So 2012, 8-5, and 2013, 7-6, 2014, that was the year with Dak Prescott. They went 10-3 and and lost to Georgia Tech in the bowl game. They lost to the triple option. Uh, 2015, 9-4, and 2016, 6-7, 2017, 9-4, 2018, 8-5, 2019, 6-7. But if I go back farther – before 2012, uh, the most wins they saw was in 2010. They won nine games. And then you go back like 20 years, and it's three wins a year, four wins a year, five wins a year. They were lucky to make it to a bowl game. Uh, and unfortunately, it they tend to have a, a losing record all time. So to me, realistically speaking, success at Mississippi State really should be at least eight wins a year, that would be a successful year, especially in the SEC West. I mean, look at their competition. Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Arkansas might get better in the future, uh, Texas A&M. So it's not like they're playing cupcake schedules, especially this year. They're playing an all-SEC schedule. Um, so success for me would be at least eight wins a year. Think about like a Virginia Tech. They would win eight to ten wins. 10 wins a year for like 20 years. And that was successful year for them, right? They never won a national title, but they were a successful team. They never fired their coach. Um, so coach Steve, are they going to see more success in the air raid? And then what would you consider success? I, like you said, I was looking back at all these, um, cause Dan Mullen, I think his first year might've been five and seven or something. So like he had to start off, but then when you go back, their best record was in 1999 at 10 wins. And it's always anywhere between one and seven and eight. And it's never been consistent um, until Dan Mullen got there. And then it kind of, I think he might've started the train of 
turn it around. Um, so if this was a non-COVID year, I would say seven to nine wins would be, you know, a success. And if they compete with like an old Miss, because old Miss is right there with Lane Kiffin now, like if they compete against old Miss and all of them, I think that's a success. Um, because Mike Leach will determine that too. Like he loves bowl games. He, I mean, he likes the playoff system. But to get a bowl game, that's success. Um, I think the air raid will work just because I. We always talk offense since he's it's so simple, and he believes in it so much. When he comes to practice every day, they practice the same thing over and over. I think it will work. Dan Mullen's offense can be a little complex because he's this power spread run like it can't be a little complicated i think i think that's why dan mullen is was slow at florida until this year if you look at it, they've gotten a little more simple i think um so i think they're it's going to have to be getting used to because mississippi state's always ran the ball with arkansas and that wasn't necessarily the case um they can catch up all they want just watching some of Mike Leach's airy concepts, he's already changed a couple. Like, he's already added tags I haven't seen yet. Um, like, one, he ran mesh, and he had a guy run up the middle and run a dig route right underneath of it. Like, he doesn't normally do that, but that's what he saw, so that's what he did. Um, so I think it's going to work. You may see them run the ball more, too. Maybe he's not going to call it, but the quarterback's going to call it. Um, you know, against Arkansas, Mississippi State had 87 yards rushing, and Arkansas had 63. So who has ever heard of a Mike Leach team outrushing the other team? Um, they may adapt a little bit. So I think he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next question, we'll talk about our, that Arkansas game a little bit. So the Arkansas defense held the Bulldog air raid offense to 14 points. If the rest of the ACC, uh, the SEC, excuse me, that's blasphemy calling them the ACC, excuse me. The rest of the SEC mirrors what Arkansas did on defense. Can Coach Leach be a little bit more flexible in his play calling? Maybe have more of a run game? Because from what I saw and what the analysts were talking about was Arkansas was dropping eight and only rushing three. And it seemed that, to you know, from untrained eyes, because I – I like watching the air raid, but I'm not an expert in any way. It seems that to me, 87 yard rushing yards, they should have had more because I would have called the run more. If they were only rushing three and dropping eight, that's a pretty light box. I would run the ball more, but that's just me. It kind of almost seems like when you talk to people on Twitter, they're like, well, how many times can Coach Leach run mesh? How many times can he run stick? He can run it 60 times a game if he wants. And he's going to run it because that's what he wants to run. And to me, it seems like he does, he's not as flexible compared to the air raid. I put that in quotes that said Oklahoma. They run the ball pretty well. And if their run game is working, they're going to keep running the ball. They're not going to try to force it over in the air in the, the passing game. To me, it seemed like he was trying to force the passing game a little bit more instead of the run game being flexible. So – can he be flexible? That's that's the question that I'm going to ask. Can he be flexible? Will he run the ball more if he's seeing light boxes? Mike Leach will never call a run play. Uh, he is, is flat out been known that his RPO thinking is when the quarterback audibles. So <clears throat> if he calls shallow or whatever it is and the quarterback walks up and sees something different he checks out of it to mike leach that's rpo mike leach is the only true air raid i think like old school like this is what we do even how mummy's gotten away from like the true air raid so um he leaves the run game up to the quarterback and he's not trying to put the blame on the quarterback but if the quarterback walks up and sees five in the box he better check to a run play he's fine with that um and then Arkansas, I think, tried to do what Washington did. Washington, you know, would stop his um, offense, but Washington had some dudes on their defense. Costello threw in three interceptions. He did not read well. I watched one play, and it's mesh, obviously. He doesn't run his mesh as many times as people think. But I remember watching one of the mesh plays, and, and it's called set up a noose where – if they're in zone, they got to turn and set like a basketball. Like they're a post on the guy to get the ball. They went to do that, and he thought he was running towards the sideline. He overthrew him, and there's an interception. So Costello 
through three interceptions. He's not re- if the quarterback doesn't read it right, it's not going to work. But that's the same with any offense, really. But Mike Leach is different from Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy wants to call a play, and that's what they're going to run. Mike Leach says, I'm going to call a play or two. Quarterback can see the field. He can figure it out. That puts a lot of pressure on him. Now, it worked against LSU, but they were on such a high. I think they were, that was their Super Bowl. You know, we beat the defending national champs, Mike Leach's home, or opening day. Arkansas said, screw it. We haven't won an SEC game in 25 years. We're going to come out and just rip it. And Arkansas's offense looked pretty good all of a sudden. Um, so I don't know if I'll answer your question, but that's kind of what I wanted. I was thinking that. So we'll get back to the question here in a minute. But that's what I think happened is Costello wasn't making good reads. Wide receivers weren't running good routes. Um, and when that happens, it's not, it just doesn't work. But you're not going to see Mike Leach say, okay, I'm going to run inside zone and power. That's not what he does. He believes in just repetition. If it's not working, that means we didn't work hard enough to practice. That's what he thinks. Or we're not running, doing this right. We're not doing this right. That's his thinking, which is a good way of thinking. I mean, that's a good offensive coach to not panic and say, let's go to this. He wants to stick to what he does. And that's why he has success because once it gets going, it's good. Well, I didn't know. You just taught me something. I didn't know that he put so much on the quarterback's plate in in the game, like allowing him – instead of saying that, I didn't know he gave him so much freedom for changing the play call. Now, if he notices that his quarterback is not handling it very well, like I'm, the Costello didn't seem to handle it that well in that game, will he start to maybe take the reins a little bit more on his own and maybe call a run play and say, you're running a run play on this one? Would he ever do that, or is he that just not who he is? I, from talking to people, researching, and this, that, he seems like a Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson in the NBA was not going to call a timeout. He said, you're going to play through this and figure it out, and that's kind of what he does. But I, I'm trying to remember what year it was. He did that with Luke Folk a couple years ago. Um, he gives them some time. He gives them a couple games. But then after a while, if they're not figuring it out, he will pull them. He will say, you know what, you're not figuring it out today. It's not your day. So he tries to let them play through it. Um, because there was some uh, press conference where they were talking about his offense, and he goes, well, I'm not going to just change what I do and say inside zone. So I don't think that's the case. And if you ever watch him single in plays, like he might go ace, six, but then he'll go like think. I don't know what stick for them is, but for me it would be like, okay, ace, six, but think about stick or something. And that's where he puts on the quarterback. Like, okay, the way they're supposed to line up, Run six. But if they line up this way, you can switch it to stick. That's the way he can control it a little bit. Then there might be times where he points at the wristband real quick. But he always tells the quarterback, I don't think he'll ever pull this back. Because they can see, his mind is, yeah, I can see. But when the quarterback walks up, if they see something different, they need audible to it. And that's his RPO. And so that's where uh, how Mummy's a little different. Um He's, that's why you see how Mummy do more of the, the run-and-shoot choice concepts to give the quarterback those reads instead of the quarterback just changing the play. Um, and like on Mesh, for example, people think Mesh starts in the middle. It doesn't. If it's a two-by-two, two, they run those corners. That's his first read. It's not the Mesh. It's those. And for Mike Leach, it's pick the softest corner. So if it's the left side, he's going to start from left to right. If it says it's going this way to this way, um, and the quarterback can tag something. If he sees it could be a post, he can tag post real quick. So, like, I don't think he'll ever take it away because if he does, it's just going to make it worse, I think. Now, of course, he'll be like, I have no confidence. So, I don't think he ever will. I don't know if he's ever called a run play. They said he never has. I don't see that, but I don't think he ever has. I think he loses up to the quarterback. Okay. That's an interesting way to think. Like, I didn't know that. So, now that I know that, I'm definitely, when I watch them play, I'm going to look for that when he's calling plays to – because I know – you know, the stick, I know that. Like, I know the plays. You know, I'm still confused on, like, the number. I know six is verticals, you know. Uh, they call it that because it's supposed to be a touchdown. I know that part. That's that's from uh, Coach Mackey. Uh, well, or uh, Drew Piscopo is another air raid guy that I like to listen to. And, and he I learned from him about the mesh, what you just said, that the those outs those uh, or the corners or whatever it is, those are the first read. I did learn that from him. Um, I need to learn – the air raid a little bit more. I don't think I'm going to go get air raid certified. I don't know if I'm going to pay for all that. 
<laughs> I just took all of Coach Banstra's talking away, too. I just love talking about it. So, sorry, Coach Banstra, but it's Coach Steve's time now. I had a week off. <laughs> all right. Coach Banstra, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, he pretty much said everything I was going to say. I mean, you, they act like they shut down his offense. They still threw for a three, over 300 yards. I mean, it's not like they weren't successful. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at the key problems is they threw some interceptions. And the other thing we forget about is they've had less practice time than they've probably ever had with lack of spring ball and COVID. So that, I mean, you're talking about game two of an offense for year one. Like, everybody needs to calm down, just like everybody needed to calm down if they threw for 600 yards week one. Like, this this year will be an anomaly no matter what. So, like, it, it's really just setting the tone so they can recruit. Yeah, I'm telling you, here in a few years, once they get those five stars, because they're going to come, those five- and four-star receivers, and – a good quarterback that he can get and, and raise him up in the system for a few years, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, so I also shared with you guys the schedule. I'm not going to bring it up on the screen again, but uh, we're going to look at the schedule. The question that we're looking at is, uh, what do we think Mississippi State's ceiling and floor is for the 2020 season? So how many wins could they possibly get and how, how bad could they possibly be? Um, so we know their first game versus LSU, they won 44-34. to Their second game versus Arkansas at home, they lost 21-14. to Their next game, October 10th, coming up soon, is at Kentucky. Then at home versus Texas A&M. And then October 31st at Alabama. So that's a Halloween game. Then... November 7th versus Vanderbilt. And then at home versus Auburn. November 21st at Georgia. November 28th at Ole Miss, which I think is going to be a hell of a game. Those are two coaching personalities that I definitely want to watch that game if possible. And then their final game, December 5th, is at home versus Missouri. So we already know that LSU... The Ar- and the Arkansas um, aftermath. How many wins do you think they could possibly have, and how bad do you think they could be? Uh, Coach Banster, I'll let you go first since Coach Steve had such a long-winded answer on the last one. I mean, in, I think they could beat anybody on their schedule outside of probably Alabama and Georgia this year. I mean, outside those, I mean – I think they can win the rest or lose the rest. I mean, it just it, it there's going to be hiccups, as I said. It's year one. You have COVID. You have every all this other kerfuffle. Um, I just he'll give Nick Saban problems, but I just the recruiting disparity I think is just too much still, and kind of the same thing in Georgia. Just the recruiting disparity is still. I mean, I'm not saying Mississippi has slouches, no, but. There's a big difference between recruiting what, what Mississippi State recruiting has been the past three years and what Nick Saban recruits at. There, there, there's three to four programs in the country that recruits at his level. Okay. Um, but other than that, I mean, all those games are winnable. And they, I mean, the game that stands out is this week. I mean, that, that's all over ESPN.com right now. I was just, as I was clicking to this, like, he returns to Kentucky. Like, and there's a big article, Basketball and Grass, the origin of Mike Leach's air raid offense. Okay. And paragraph two talks about his time at Kentucky. Like, and then, like, like you said, the Ole Miss game with, between him and Kevin would just be fantastic. That Perks conference would be great. I mean, Kevin got Nick Saban laughed today, the comments he made. I don't think I've ever seen Nick Saban generally laugh during a press conference, ever. So and that's because he said he could out, out play him at receiver. Nick Saban was playing DB. Like, just, it's just dumb, dumb stuff like that. So, I mean, my, my guess is, I mean, they may lose two more. I mean, the Auburn game will be difficult as well, but the main ones that stand out are the Alabama and Georgia games. Coach Steve? I agree. Um, I don't see them beating Alabama. And then Georgia, if, they, if their defense continues the way it is, 
I don't see him beating them. And again, it's, it all comes down to COVID and practice. I think they could beat Kentucky, but it scares me about Kentucky is the rush game. But, you know, we, we were talking about offense, and so I don't know if – it might be a barn burner. It might be Kentucky scoring a lot, and it might be Mississippi State scoring a lot. Um, A&M, it gets a toss-up. A&M looked okay the first quarter of the Alabama game. They, their offense looked pretty good. And then Alabama said, oh, we're Alabama, and kind of woke up. Um, so I can see them being Kentucky. Texas A&M, to me, is a toss-up. They lose to Alabama. I think they torch Vanderbilt. Um, if Auburn keeps going down the way they are, I could see them being Auburn. You know, when he was at Washington State his second year, they lost to uh, Auburn by a touchdown, if not less, um, when he had Connor Holiday as their quarterback, and they were still figuring out his offense. So they could beat Auburn. Um, Georgia, I don't see them beating. And then Old Miss would be interesting because Mike Leach's offense will be rolling at that time. They'll figure it out. Like Kiffin's team's going to be figuring it out. So that's going to be an interesting one. And then I think they beat Missouri. Missouri doesn't look good. And I would be blunt. They, they need to go back to the Big 12. They need to get out of there and go to the Big 12 or the Big 10, one of the two. They need to get out. And I think A&M needs to be kicked out, too. They need to go back to the Big 12. They need to get out of there. But, you know, I, I only see them losing two more, maybe three. But the rest I could see them winning. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, if I, I'm going to go down the schedule at Kentucky um, – the Kentucky Ole Miss game last week was another barn burner. Uh, so that those offenses will be humming. I think it's just going to come down to um, who's got better, who's got the better horses. And I think right now Mississippi State does. Um, although Kentucky's offensive line, they're pretty beastly looking uh, and they're pretty good. I think Mississippi State beats Kentucky. I also think that. Texas A&M is probably not as good as people think they were. I mean, yeah, they looked okay versus Alabama in that first quarter, um, but it kind of depends on how well Kellen Mond is playing, and he didn't seem to have a whole lot of support at receiver or running back. I think Mississippi State beats Texas A&M. Yeah, they're going to lose to Alabama. No offense. It's it's just Alabama. It depends on is it going to be a close game? Or is it is it going to be a game where Alabama's like, look, we don't want them to throw for 500 yards, so we're going to run the ball down their throat and slow the game down and only give them a couple possessions? Or is it going to be like where Alabama's like, we're going to show you how to throw the ball and use their five-star receivers to score lots of points? Because um, they can do all of those while using a quarterback who ran the wing tee in high school. Get you some of that. So they're going to lose to Alabama. Um I think they beat Vanderbilt, although I feel like Vanderbilt is going to be that game that, unfortunately, Mike Leach has a tendency to lose a game or two that he shouldn't lose every year. Uh, He already lost to Arkansas, shouldn't have lost that game, but that one might be a toss-up, but I think they beat Vanderbilt. You mentioned Auburn. I watched that Auburn-Georgia game. That Auburn offensive line looked atrocious. I don't know if they can fix that quickly enough. I think if Mississippi State was smart, they're going to bring a lot of pressure against Bo Nix on defense. I think they pull off the upset versus Auburn. I put that in quotes because I don't think it's necessarily an upset. Georgia, sorry. there's Georgia just looked too good. And that Stetson Bennett kid, even though he looks like, compared to everybody else on the field, he looks really tiny, even though he's taller than I am. Uh, he, that kid's got some spunk. I think they lose to Georgia. Ole Miss, that's going to be a tough one. I predict they lose to Ole Miss. I think Lane Kiffin gets it in year one, honestly. Um, And then I think they win versus Missouri. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six wins, and one, two, three, four, four losses. Six and four. First year, not too bad for a first-year head coach. All right, guys. That's all the questions I have for you today. Any, uh, I'll give uh, Coach Banster first shot at this. Any final thoughts about Mississippi State, Mike Leach, or the air raid? I mean, not, I mean, not really. I mean, he'll he'll do fine. He's doing a great job there. Um, I said, I, I mean, hell, we run a wing T offense and we run air raid concepts in our offense. So, um, I mean, most people have adapted some of them, if not all, all of them, depending on who you are. I mean. 
Um, and then, like I said, I look forward to that uh, Ole Miss-Mississippi State game at the end of the year. Coach Steve? Don't sleep on the Pirate. He turns around programs. I know he's in the SEC, so this is really going to put it to the test. Um, I think people need to get over the air raid is soft because if anybody knows Mike Leach, he'll straight up tell you if his receivers don't block, he refuses to get them to ball. So he took those concepts from the wing tee of the rocket toss in his mind, was just throwing it out there. Um, I think that they were just – didn't know how to handle Arkansas. They just beat LSU. They're kind of walking tall, and then Arkansas brought them back down. So maybe that's the best thing that they needed was a kick to the butt like that. So um, I look forward to that old Miss game too, and I look forward to this Kentucky game. I think it's going to be a high score. And, uh, you know, I think he is going to help the SEC out a lot. I think they didn't need any help, but I think he's going to bring a different – he's a breath of fresh air to that program. He's going to bring a different look. So I think it's going to be fantastic. Him, Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, all of them, it's it's going to be the best conference now, without question. I know I'm kind of throwing this on you guys right now, but I just had a thought that we should have been doing this from the start. I think at the end of each of these program profiles, we need to give these programs a grade, an A, B, C, or D, or F grade. So let's say, for example, C is average. You know, the average college football team, the average program, B, a B is they're a pretty good, they're a very good program, but they're not quite elite. And of course, A would be the elite. And then, of course, D and F failure, right? So for me, because they're an SEC team and they've got a lot of talent, more so than other teams, just because they're an SEC team, because they brought in Mike Leach. I don't think it happens this year. I don't think they win a championship this year. I don't know if they ever win a SEC championship. I think they will come close and they will compete for it. I'm not sure that they're going to be at the elite level. I'm going to give Mississippi State a B- minus as a program. So they're above average, but they're not quite to we're competing with Alabama every year level. All right, so I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, Coach Steve, what what are your thoughts? I'm going to have like three answers. <laughs> Before Dan Mullen, I'd give them a C because they were that average team, just an average Joe team. And Dan Mullen kind of got there and brought it up to that B minus. Mike Leach there, I think they're still going to be that. Well, the game last week, I'm going to give them a D, D or an F. Um, but I think he'll bring them to that B level. Um, I don't know if he'll ever get to the Alabama level of – that so I say as an overall they've been a C or so but when Dan Mullen got there now that Mike Leach is there it's going to be that B minus so I agree with a grade like that Coach Banstra I, I mean to me it's a it, right now it's a B minus I think by the time he's done it'll be a B plus or A minus program alright well, thank you guys for joining us. And this has been the Armchair Coaching Podcast. And this is Coach Sheffer signing out.